I'm going to share with you from the Word of God some things about healing through communion. And if you're not careful, sometimes, especially if you've been in church a lot, you, you kind of get accustomed to communion and accustomed to taking it and maybe even remembering some of the things that have been said about communion. But today, I want you to stretch out your faith, and I want you to be ready to receive from God through communion today. It is, it, is, it is amazing to me that there are very few natural things that Jesus told us to do that would be repetitive. And one of them is communion. One of them is communion. And so I'm going to share with you today from the Word of God about this. I'm not going to read all of this, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 17, Paul is writing to a church. Say a church. Say it again. So he could be talking about you. He could be talking about Life United, Lake Charles. He, listen, he was writing to a church. And he was writing to them in regard to communion. So we need to pay attention to this. And we need to understand this because it can help you or it can hurt you. Help you. Or hurt you. So you've got to listen carefully and allow the Holy Spirit to help you. So this communion that we're going to receive today can help you and not hurt you. So Paul wrote to them in verse 17. He said, I am writing to you and I just want you to know I'm not writing to you to praise you. In fact, let me just put it in plain everyday English. He said, I'm not happy with you. Because I heard that there are divisions in in there. There are problems here. And and I'm not happy with you about that. And so listen to what it says. Beginning in verse 18 of, of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Listen to what it says. For first of all, when you come together as a church. You got it? When you come together as a church. You're here together. You say, well, I, I don't know everybody here. Well, you don't have to know everybody. You just need to know they're part of the body. There's a big difference. So Paul said, he, listen, he said, when you come together as a church, I hear about all these divisions and I believe it. In fact, sometimes divisions come, and I'm just paraphrasing here, uh, so that those that are right can be recognized. But now listen to what it says here in verse 20. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. You think that's what you're doing, but you're not. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. One's hungry, another's drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing what shall I say to you shall I praise you in this I don't praise you you know Paul is a pretty straightforward guy he said you're coming together you're the church but what you're doing is not right now I'm not pointing my finger at you I'm just telling this is what they said and he said it's not right because you've got people who who don't have anything and they come and you're already eating and drinking and you're already 
basically making a party out of communion and they have nothing. And so if you're not careful, your attitude can be wrong. And not just, listen, not just the ones who had plenty, but then you've got the ones who had nothing that are mad because when they come, they somebody else has got something they don't have. So it works both ways. So Paul was writing to them to correct them in regard to communion. And listen to what he said. He said in verse 20, it is not the Lord's Supper that you're taking. You got to hear this. It is not the Lord's Supper. Listen to me. If it's the Lord's Supper, which we're taking, which is what that's what it's called in the in the New King James. If it's the Lord's Supper that we're taking to, to, today and that we're going to receive today, then he is the host of that supper. Just as much as he was when he had the disciples before him and he took that bread for the first time and broke it said, this is my bread, this is my body broken for you. When he took that cup and said, this is my blood, which is shed for you. Just as surely as that happened then, listen to me, today this is his supper and he is the host. So we have to be very mindful, very careful, and pay attention to what we're doing. And you say, well, what's this got to do with healing? It has a lot to do with it, okay? It's the Lord's Supper, just as surely as it was when Jesus broke that bread with the disciples. And you have to recognize that and realize that. If you understand that, then you can be in a place where you can receive the Lord's Supper properly and by that receive healing in your body. And I'm going to show you this today. It's amazing what the Word of God says about this. There is a... a um, a Bible dictionary, and they had a definition for the Lord's Supper. And I, I love this definition. It says, listen to this, the Lord's Supper is to signify, to seal, and to apply to believers all the benefits of the new covenant. Man, I like that. Let me read that to you again. To signify, we recognize it, we seal it in our lives, and we apply to our lives as believers the benefits of the new covenant. So whatever is a benefit of the new covenant, we have the ability through that broken body and that blood that was shed for us to receive that and at that moment receive a benefit that is needed in our lives from what Jesus did. So when you talk about the Lord's Supper, it is not a lightweight thing because the Holy Spirit is here present as we receive this. And when it's done right, it produces benefits. When you recognize it, you're not just doing it because it's routine. We're doing it because it is a matter of signifying what Jesus did for us, sealing that in our hearts, and applying to the believer all the benefits of the new covenant. Listen to this. In this ordinance, Christ ratifies his promises to his people, and they, on their part, that this is your part, you ready? solemnly consecrate themselves to him and to his service. 
So you've got about, I'm going to be here, let's see, I'm going to preach for about an hour and 15 minutes. You've got about an hour and 15 minutes to get this right. Decide what you're going to receive. I'm just joking. Don't panic. Well, maybe not anyway. But, but listen, you're going to have to decide how am I going to receive this. Am I going to receive this looking to the covenant, looking to the benefits and what Jesus has done? And am I going to consecrate myself as a part of the body of Christ, taking that body and that blood today? Because, see, you, you, you're vitally critical, uh, critically important to how you do it and how, how you respond to him. It says, listen to this, that the believers can apply all the benefits. Let me just give you a few. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all my iniquities. Who heals all, how many? All my diseases. Listen, he's, he's got benefits. And the communion is a place to apply those to our lives. You need forgiveness of sin today? When you hold that cup and that blood that was shed for you, you can receive forgiveness of sins. You may be here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. And that simple act of receiving that blood and that body by faith that it was his will ratify that covenant in your life and you can make Jesus the Lord of your life. It's amazing how powerful it is, how potent it is when you accept it for what it is and receive it and apply those benefits to your life and then serve him, consecrate yourself to serve him. Now, here's the thing about this you got to understand. Paul wrote this to the church at Corinth and, and there, there's something that he said here that I want, I want you to, to see. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, he said, I received from the Lord that which I also to deliver to you. And he did, and, and listen, and he quoted exactly what Jesus did when he was with the disciples about the bread and about the blood. But he didn't get that from Peter. He didn't get it from John. He didn't get it from going around talking to the disciples and, the, and talking about what happened before Jesus was raised from the dead. Listen to me. Jesus appeared to him personally. And this is one of the things that Jesus personally and specifically talked to him about and told him, regard, uh, not, even, not even connecting with Peter and John. Jesus told him personally. Why? Because it's that important to us. It's that important to us that we get it right. So listen to this. Because this is the thing that's, that's scary about communion. I'm not trying to scare you off. I'm trying to get you to understand this. Listen to what it says in verse 27. Whoever eats... The bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. 
Can you understand the power of that? That that's the negative side. That's the downside of communion. That there is an unworthy manner. Now listen to me. Please don't misunderstand this. It's not talking about you being unworthy. It's talking about the way you do it and the attitude that you do it with. That's what Paul's talking about here. Listen to what it says. Let a man examine himself. So let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now here it is. This is what you've got to hear. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Now who's he talking to? Come on, we've already said it. The church. This was a long time ago. Yeah, but it's still the word of God today. The Holy Spirit is still involved today. And listen to what it says. It's important that you hear this, okay? He who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. All right, so you, you understand what the unworthy part is? Not discerning the Lord's body. It's not about you being worthy or unworthy because we're not worthy in ourselves at all for anything that God's done. It's how you perceive and recognize and act regarding the communion. And it says that the way you eat and drink unworthy is by not discerning the Lord's body. Not discerning what that body is represents the word here discern is real simple it means to recognize and identify as separate and distinct in other words this is different than anything else that you do this is not comparable to something else this is important it's valuable it's productive but it also can be destructive now, I don't know about you, but I don't want any part of the destructive part of communion. And I would recommend you under, hear what I'm saying today. You don't want to be a part of that. And you say, well, this is just a, just a symbol. It's not really, doesn't really mean anything. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Holy Spirit sees and expects out of us. So we've got to realize and understand it's not discerning the Lord's body. Now, here's the part that you got to hear about this. Okay, you ready? Listen to what it says in the next verse. Verse 30. Listen, for this reason. Okay, for this reason, many are weak and sick. And many sleep. That word sleep means die. If you read this in the, in the Greek translation, it really means premature death. Death before you should, should. So, you understand now what I'm saying about communion. There are benefits. Y'all still with me? But there are also challenges so you've got to be prepared today 
on the good side. You've got to be prepared today to receive communion, discerning the Lord's body. And I'm going to help you with that. I'm going to, I'm going to make it so clear, you can't, you can't miss it. You, you can't miss it. Today, Man, it, there's no fear in this. There's no, there's no um, reservation. Well, I don't know whether I should or not. No, it's, it's going to be real clear. But the thing that you need to understand about this is, listen, that that, that judgment that it talked about literally comes in the form of physical problems. Sick. Not, 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 well, well, I'm not feeling good. Well, hey, I'm not telling you. And and again, listen, you got to understand this. I'm not saying that every time you get weak or every time you get sick or just because somebody died is because of communion. But I'm going to tell you something. I I, I don't want to look this up when I get to heaven. I'm not going to be interested then. But it'd be interesting to see how many people actually didn't have to be weak, didn't have to get sick, didn't have to die prematurely if they had done what the Word of God said in regard to communion. So we have to we have to pay attention to this. We have to discern the Lord's body so that we can do the flip side. I'm going to show you this. The flip side of what's weak is strong. What's sick is healed. What dies prematurely lives to a long, to a long ripe age, old age. We can receive that. Why? Because we discern the Lord's body. We recognize it. We understand it for what it is. So there are consequences. But now listen, that's if you don't discern the Lord's body. Well, what if you do discern the Lord's body? Then the opposite's true. Now, now here's the thing you've got to hear about this. Paul was pretty clear about this. He said, this is your responsibility. Examine yourself. That's everybody. It's not my responsibility to examine you. It's my responsibility to examine me. Am I doing this right? Am I, am I looking at this right? Am I discerning the Lord's body right? Am I, because you've got to understand this. Paul wrote to a church and said, hey, some of you are sick, some of you are weak, and some of you are dying. And there's a reason for it. It's because you're not discerning the Lord's body when you take communion. Okay, so it's out there. But the good news is there's another side of it. And once you understand that, all of a sudden, that same communion that could produce weakness, sickness, and death can produce strength, healing, and health. I'm going to show you from the Word so you can get this. But you've got to understand and realize this is, this is the Lord's body. This is the Lord's supper. This is a, a, a time of of seriousness in the fact that we have to pay attention to what we're doing. And if we do, we can receive during this communion and apply the benefits of what that body did, what that blood did for us. So here's the thing you've got to understand about the way Paul wrote this, okay? When it talks about the Lord's body and not discerning the Lord's body, Okay, it can mean two different things. In fact, I believe it means both of them. 
It can be understood two different ways. It may refer to the, the body of Christ and not being responsible one to another. And I believe it does because that's why Paul wrote this and penned this was because they were not recognizing one another as members of the body of Christ. Okay, so, so that, is, that is part of it. But the other side of that is to discern the Lord's body which was beaten and bruised for our healing so that we could receive that instead of the other weak, sick, premature death. So you have to look at both sides of it. It's twofold. So first of all, when it talks about discerning the Lord's body, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with this because that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on healing for you today. But, but listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16 and 17 says this. Listen. It says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we though, now listen to that, we though are many, we are one bread. For we all partake of one bread. In other words, Paul was saying, if you're not careful, you will not discern and recognize the Lord's body among you. And you won't perceive your responsibility to your neighbor in the body of Christ. And because of that, you've got a problem with weakness, sickness, and premature death. See, here's the thing that, that, uh, that, that's amazing about the body of Christ. We are one body. You cannot separate or select who you want to be in communion with. We're all one body. Not one amen. Amen. We are one body. Whether we're here in this building or we're in another church building in town, whether they believe exactly like we do or not, if Jesus is Lord, we are part of one body. Whether it's in Lake Charles or Shreveport or New York or California or in uh, Hyderabad, India, or whether it be, you know, in Sydney, Australia or Auckland, New Zealand, or Hong Kong, or anywhere in the world. We are one body. We are a universal body. And if you're not careful in your mindset, you're going to discredit certain members of the body because, well, they don't believe like I do. Now, look, there are certain tenets of the faith that, that are everybody should believe. Everybody ought to believe and walk in the same. Okay. But the point is, if we're not careful, even in this body right here, there will be those that you want to separate and kind of cut out from the crowd for whatever reason. In this case, it was, it was socioeconomic reasons. That's why our churches today, by and large, have the same kind of group of people in them. 
I, I like to disturb. I like to disturb that. I like to shake that up because listen, we're all members of the body of Christ, and we've got to understand that, and we've got to realize that, and we have to be welcoming to to members of the body of Christ. You know, you still here? Not just those that eat gumbo with okra in them or. I'm sorry, I just can't eat okra in my gumbo. I know people do it. I know you put potato salad. I, sorry, I can't do that. But I still love you. You're just going to have to sit on the other side of the church and I'll sit over here. No, I'm just kidding. No, we, we're not going to be separate. And you can't allow yourself that. Well, I don't like so-and-so. Well, they're too uppity. Or I, 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 you know, I mean, you got to, I could think, name a million things. But let me just tell you this, and you may judge somebody because you you think, you know, well, they don't treat me right. Well, listen, just be a Christian. If somebody doesn't treat you right, just be a Christian. What does that mean? You forgive them. Well, I got offended by so-and-so. Well, lay that offense down. Are y'all still with me? So you've got to be responsible to one another. And you've got to understand and realize that that, that communion is for everyone. Here's, here's something to help you with. Communion started in Exodus. The children of Israel were going to be delivered out of Egypt. And the first thing the Lord told them is to take a lamb and uh, roast it. And he said, now every household take a lamb and roast it. Okay. Take the blood, put it over your doorpost. And by the way, that lamb, eat every bit of it. And if you can't eat it by yourself, get somebody else in there in there with you and you eat it. Why? Because it had to be the whole body. That's because it signified Jesus broken for us and us being the body of Christ, being one whole body. So you've got to pay attention to how you treat your brother and your sister. And, and, you're, and not just outwardly, not just, you know, I love you, brother, in church, and then you drive by them on the road where they got a flat tire. Oh, somebody will stop. Well, they got their cell phone. You glad I came all the way down from Shreveport to just tell you this? But I'm trying to keep you healed. I'm trying to keep you from being weak. I, I don't want you to die pr- prematurely. I, listen, I could recount to you story after story. I've been doing this a long time, <coughs> over 40 years. And I could tell you that I have seen people die prematurely because they were not respecting the rest of the body of Christ. There was some. There was offense there. There was a problem there, and they didn't do it. And and I don't want to see that happen to anybody. But the Bible tells me that it can. So you need to understand that we are one body. So we're not going to be condemning and critical because it puts you in a, a, a very precarious situation. All right. So let me pass that up. All right. And listen to this because this is what I want to focus on. Because this is what I want you to focus on today. If you need healing in your body. Okay, because in regard to discerning the Lord's body, we have to discern what happened to that body. What happened to that body? What makes that body different? 
Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5. Listen to this. Now, this is talking, this is Jesus talking from the Word of God. Listen to this. It says, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, talking about Jesus, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body we have pre- you have prepared for me. God prepared a body for Jesus. You know, we talk about that at Christmas, don't we? You know, how, how Mary had, had Jesus and it was just between her and God. And, and that baby that was born was called Jesus, called Emmanuel. What was that all about? God prepared a body. And he had that body prepared for a reason. Jesus understood this. He understood that his body was prepared for a purpose. He understood what was going to happen to that body. He told his disciples about it over and over again. Listen to, listen to verse um, 10. For by that will, by the will of God, we have been sanctified. Now listen to this. Through the offering... Of the body of Jesus Christ, you ready for this? Once and for all. Once and for all, that body that was prepared by God, once and for all, that sacrifice was made for us, for me, for you. And here's the good news. He only had to do it once. He only had to do it once. He'll never have to do it again. All that's left now is for you to accept it. So here's the thing you've got to understand. Why did God prepare that body? All right, now listen to this. This is going to help you. He prepared that body, Jesus, in the flesh to become a receptacle To be something that could take on it what you couldn't carry yourself. He became a receptacle to bear in him and on him in that body what you and I could not carry, could not bear ourselves. What? Sin, sickness, weakness, punishment. Things that we could, we had no, we had no capacity to overcome. I know, you know, no, you get sick, you can go to the doctor, you can get a shot, you can get this, you can take this medicine, you'll be fine. But I'm going to tell you, bottom line, just like with Ray, bottom line, sometimes it comes down to, I can't help you. Thank God for doctors. Hey, listen, doctors have saved my life. I'm not, I'm just, I understand that. But listen to me. Jesus did something greater. You couldn't do anything about sin in your life. You had to have somebody help you to deliver you. So God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son. And I'm going to prepare a body for him. And I'm going to use that body as a receptacle for everything that humanity could not carry. 
Now, I'm going to show you this in the Word because this will help you. If you're talking about discerning the Lord's body, you've got to understand this. Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse 24. Who himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sin. Where did he bear it? In his own body, on the tree, on the cross, that we having died to sin, might live to righteousness. He gave us a pathway out of sin to live righteous. All right, but wait a minute. He's not through. By whose stripes, where were those stripes? On his body. We were healed. He became a receptacle. To bear our sin in his body. He became a receptacle to bear our sickness and our disease in his body. So, well, well, Pastor, how come more Christians don't get healed? Well, because you don't believe for it. Where's, you, you, where's your faith? Where are you, what are you expecting? Same thing with sin. <clears throat> how come you don't get out of sin? You know better. Well... You have to fight for it. As long as we're in this flesh and blood body we're in, as long as we're living in this cursed world, we have to fight for everything we get from, we have to fight for it. Not fight for it like we have to, we have to get it. Fight for it to take what belongs to us. But you've got to understand this. A body was created by God to offer up as a sacrifice for us on the cross for our sins and by his stripes on his body we are healed now let me read you another scripture in Isaiah 53 talking about discerning the Lord's body listen to this now I'm going to read this to you um, as it's written and I'm gonna, I want to show, show you something from the Hebrew text, but listen to this. It says in verse 4 of Isaiah 53, Surely he hath what? Borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Now listen to this. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, I like what the Amplified Bible says, the chastisement needful for us to obtain peace was upon him. And listen to the last part. By his stripes we are healed. Now now listen to this. All of that was in his body. Okay. It's interesting the way this, this says it. It says he bore our sickness, our griefs. The word there, griefs, means sickness. It means weakness. It means distress. The word sorrow means pain. So he, he bore our sickness, our weakness, our distress, our pains. Now, it's interesting because the word here, born, means to lift off and to carry away. Lift off and carry away. Now, this is important. This is what Isaiah said, that there was coming one who was going to lift off 
and carry away our sicknesses, our pain. What we've got to understand and realize is that that belongs to us. That's a benefit. Remember what it said in Psalm 103? Forgives all our sins and what? Heals all our diseases. So it says he bore those. Now, you can confirm this and that it meant physical healing by going over to, uh, to Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. In verse 16, it says they brought all the sick to Jesus. Listen to this. He healed all of them. All of them. Wasn't the first time he did that, and it wasn't the last time he did that. But listen to what it says. He did it so that he could fulfill what was spoken by Isaiah, which we just read, that said, himself took our infirmities and bore our, what? Sicknesses. Where did he do that? In his body. Now, so you can understand this in regard to, to healing. Listen to this. In, in Leviticus, I'm going to just read one scripture to you in verse 16, verse 22. It says, the goat shall bear on itself all the iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he'll release the goat into the wilderness. All right, now, let me explain this to you. I don't want to read this in Leviticus because I don't want to put you to sleep. Okay, so listen, under the old covenant, God gave them instructions of how to be free. Okay, he said, take two goats. Everybody say two goats. Not one goat, two goats. Okay, take one of the goats, kill that goat, and take that and a bull, and take the blood, and go into the temple, and cleanse the temple with that blood. Then take the other goat, Lay your hands on it. Ask God for mercy <clears throat> because of that sacrifice that you just did in the, with the blood. Take that your hand, lay it on him, confess your sins on the sins of the nation, and ask God to bring strength to, to you. And then take that goat and send it out into the wilderness by a reputable person. It does say that, by the way. Out into the wilderness where it will never be found again. Jesus was the scapegoat. First of all, he died and shed his blood for our sins. And literally, the Bible says that he took his blood when he was raised from the dead, and he took it to heaven and dropped it on the heavenly mercy seat for us so that we could receive that forgiveness of sins. But here's the thing about Jesus. I don't know whether you notice this or not. You know, depends on how many Easter's you've had, you know, as a Christian and how many times you've celebrated being raised. Jesus Jesus didn't just die. Okay. He was raised from the dead. And when he was raised from the dead, there wasn't any wound, there wasn't any sickness on him. There wasn't any sin on him. What happened to it? He took it into the wilderness. And when he was raised from the dead, it was gone. So he became both of the scapegoats. How did he do that? In his body. 
in that body that was broken for us. He did that so that we would have a way to receive freedom and deliverance in our lives. There's there's a story, uh, a story, there's an account in the Word of God about a woman. She was a Canaanite, which meant she had lots of gods. She didn't believe in Jehovah. She had lots of gods. But the problem was she also had a daughter that was demon-possessed. She came to Jesus and said, um, uh, have mercy on me. She came and she worshiped. And Jesus said, um, yeah, but I'm not called except to the house of Israel. In other words, I'm focused on, on, on Israel right now. And the Bible says she came and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And Jesus said, it's not good, now listen to this, to take the children's bread and give it to a little dog. Now, I don't think Jesus was trying to be derogatory. I think he was just using that as an example. But I love what this woman said. Yeah, Jesus, that's true. He, this is the children's bread. It's for the children. But even the dogs get the crumbs off the table that turned jesus upside down and he answered and said woman great is your faith let it be unto you as you desire your daughter and her daughter was healed from that very hour what are you saying pastor i'm saying that healing is a children's bread that bread, that body that was broken for us, belong. it's ours. Because we're the ones with the benefits. We're the ones with the covenant. And it's a new covenant in his blood, with his body. And he bore all of that so that you and I could receive healing. No wonder Paul said, you better pay attention to the body of Christ. You better understand the Lord's body and discern it because you're not going to get healed unless you do. You're not, you're going to be weak unless you do. And I don't want you to die premature. So when you take that today, when you take that, that blood covenant today, when you take that bread today, take it knowing that Jesus is the host of it today, right now he's here. He's represented today. And that you can take that broken body and receive healing in your body today. If you've got sin in your life, you know you've been away from God. You know you're not living right. You know that there, and you've been convicted by that. The simplest thing in the world is to get forgiveness when you take that blood. <clears throat> it's so simple. Because you're really discerning what Jesus did. That blood was shed for you so that you could have forgiveness of sins. But thank God that body was also broken so that you could receive healing in your body. It doesn't have to be anybody but you and Jesus this morning. There are lots of ways to get healed, lots of ways to minister healing. But I want to tell you something. When you can discern the Lord's body and recognize, listen to this, by his stripes, I was healed. Not going to be, 
was, and I receive it today. You're discerning the Lord's body. You can break a yoke of weakness in your life. You can break infirmities in your life. You can, listen, you can break sickness in your life. You may be here today and and you've had a fear of dying early. Somehow that's been put in your brain. You won't make it to old age. You you know you're not going to live a full life. Maybe somebody sowed that in your life years ago. Or maybe some physical problem that enemies just told you that. You can break that yoke today by discerning the Lord's body and receive that broken body today. Now, I'm going to read this scripture to you, and then we're going to receive communion together. So listen to this. Not this scripture, this definition. Again, this is the Lord's Supper. You ready? To signify, seal, and apply to believers all the benefits of the new covenant. You're about to apply a benefit of the new covenant today. You have pain in your body today, you're going to apply a benefit to be free of pain. You have sickness in your body, you're going to apply that. You're going to break that bread and you're going to put it in your mouth just like when Jesus was broken for you 2,000 years ago. And it's going to be, it's yours. You're applying it to your life. It says in the, in, in the Lord's Supper, you're ratifying his promises. And then here's the rest of it. You ready? Here's the last part of it. And that as you do, you're going to consecrate yourself to him and to his service for your life. You do that today and discern the Lord's body today. I believe the healing power of God's already here. The presence of God is here. The Lord is here by the Holy Spirit today. So that you can receive from that broken body today. You know, some people say, yeah, but my problem is mental. It doesn't matter whether it's mental, physical. It doesn't matter. Jesus bore it in his body. All the anguish, all the turmoil, all the torment. He bore it for you. So everybody have your communion cups.